Hey everybody, it's me, it's Lenora from It's a New Dawn. How is everybody doing? Hope you're all great. It is a Saturday here in New Jersey, a beautiful fall day. I love fall. I just I love do it. Too. <laughs> where do you where do you live, Annie? I'm currently in Arizona. Uh, so it's, oh, it doesn't actually it doesn't actually feel like fall yet. <laughs> no, you don't get really the leaves and you know but I'm in Jersey and my husband hates fall because it's like that transition to winter he cannot stand it and we're out today and I'm like oh my god look at the beauty look we're crunching leaves and then we, and he's just like <laughs> I just love it I don't know people can't love it you know what I don't like though is when it ends up being warm in the fall, which it is now in New Jersey. That's why, you know, that's not why I'm here. I'm here because my husband would never move from New Jersey, but um, I like the seasons and it's really stinky when it's warm yeah. during the fall. I, I hate it. So right now, well, I mean, I'm gonna appreciate everything, but <laughs> today, today is probably 72 degrees. It's crazy. It's, it's the end of October, come on now. I know. I lived in Chicago for five years. I grew up in the Midwest. So I grew up with seasons. I grew up with all of that. And I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like when it's nice and cool and you're like, oh, we finally have fall. And then you get one of those like warm days and typically it's humid also. And so it it just kind of screws everything up. (laughs) It does. And it's like, it's not just one day. It's been warm. But anyway, all right. Went off the beaten track. But anybody who knows me, this is just me. And I don't think I'm going to be changing anytime soon. Anyway. (laughs) This wonderful woman here, I had, um, I had was introduced to her by my Facebook post that I've been talking about, where I've gotten a lot of interesting people to sit down with. Her name is Anne Livingston. She is a published author and spiritual mentor. She just recently ended a three-year nomadic journey, living solely based on her intuition. I love that. She teaches. <laughs> uh, I love that. She teaches others how to embody their power and light. Her passion is teaching is in teaching others how to live an authentic soul aligned life. She also also mentors those who are committed to speaking their truth while sharing their story with the world. And anybody knows me, this is like right in line with what I believe in and love. Um, You know, I'm going to be on her podcast too. I think it's in November. Yeah. talking about my story. I've been on a few podcasts and I've also told my story on my podcast. So I'm really interested in finding all about you, Annie. And I'm going to turn the camera over to her and everybody, anybody who knows me, I don't script this. I like to find out about the person who I'm sitting down with while I'm sitting down with them and whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. But most of the time the conversation just flows. So yep, Annie take it away. So that's actually how I run my podcast. Also, I don't have conversations ahead of time because I feel like there's so much value. And I think showing other people what sitting down and having a conversation with a stranger looks like, you know, yeah, I'm just like, like there's that. so much, yeah. there's so much value in that, you know, I don't know. There's something to conscious conversation that I think we've lost. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've got, I, I'm like, where do I begin? So I think it's important for people to understand that like the woman I am today, of course, like any of us, right? Like there's a journey that brought us to who we are today. And my journey really started, I guess, back in the day when I was a teacher. So I was an an early childhood teacher, have my, my bachelor's in special ed, my master's in early childhood. 
taught for seven years. I thought that was my path. Um, I got, I was married in 20, uh, I'm like, what year did I get married? 2013. <laughs> I was married. <laughs> Clearly it's it was okay. a past life. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> That's how you know you've evolved when you can't even remember well, parts you know of your what? life. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put, like, I'm going to do better than that. I wrote down 2020 and I had to like, is it 2020? How, how would I not even know? I mean, I knew it, but it right. was like, I had to little, I had to think I'm being honest with you guys. I know that sounds like off the wall, but <laughs> no, we all have those moments. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like what, what? Yeah. Like, where am I? Who am I? <laughs> we all have those moments. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I got married in 2013 and, um, was in an, in an abusive relationship. It was, you know, verbally and emotionally abusive. I knew on my wedding day, I was marrying the wrong man, which is not typically how I, you know, like, I don't, I don't recommend anyone show up to their wedding day. Like, yes, I'm marrying the wrong person. Like, that's not a great, Mm. that's not a great start to the marriage. Um, but I was, that was my life. I, I didn't believe that I was really worthy of more. And so I was married for two years. Um, at the beginning of our marriage, I lost my teaching career. I was in Chicago at the time. Um, there were 50 school closures and I lost my job, tried to get a teaching job again. But at that point I was too expensive. You know, I had my master's degree and, and seven years of experience. So I was too expensive to hire back. And I was like, I don't really know what you do with an early childhood degree, except teach, <laughs> you know, like what, mm-hmm. what use am I? And so I became a nanny. And as soon as I became a nanny, as much as I loved the children and I loved the families I worked for, I knew that wasn't my calling. I was like, this is not like, I'm not meant to retire as a nanny. And so I had this level of realization, which was, I never again wanted anyone to tell me whether or not I had a job and how much money I could make. And so I decided to become an entrepreneur on the side. And so I started a business on the side, which really began, my very first business was a meal planning business. But from there I was like, okay, then I became um, a health and wellness coach through network marketing. Wait, 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 meal planning (laughs) from- Childhood, early education, wellness coach. Right. I love it. I, I, well, you know what? I'm almost 56 next week. Yes. And I still say, I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you can reinvent, you can reinvent yourself as many times as you'd like. That's how I, I see love it. it. You know? yes. It's cool. So it was, you know what it was, it was really that I was, I was making changes in my own life, in my own health, and I had my background in education and teaching. So I was like, okay, if I'm making changes and I know how to teach people, I know how to teach people how to make changes in their life, you know, and I'm super organized. So, you know, I was, I was meal planning for myself. A lot of people don't like meal planning. And I was like, they, people will pay me to meal plan. Perfect. Um, Very cool. So yeah, so it evolved into health and wellness coaching and then And then I brought in, you know, just actual life coaching. And then that really evolved into spiritual mindset coaching as I evolved on my spiritual journey. I had got divorced during that time, entered into another relationship. It was just like, life was just kind of, you know, flowing. Well, um, in my next relationship, I started to have like all of my patterns started to kind of just like smack me in the face, all of my self-sabotaging patterns. I started to realize that I was severely codependent and all of, all of my like, you know, jealousy patterns and not wanting to be alone. And like all of that shit started to come to the surface. And it where, was did a relationship- that, where did that all stem from? 
uh, childhood, you know, like, I mean, a lot of things, a lot of things stem from childhood. Um, Mm -hmm. I just wasn't aware of it. You know, like I, I once, I once had the, the realization, cause I was doing all this personal development. I was reading books. I was listening to podcasts. I was, you know, diving into everything. And I don't remember exactly how it came about, but I remember the day I realized that I had the belief that I was difficult to love and easy to leave. And I don't know like exactly where the belief came from, but it was a very clear belief in my mind. And I, when I reflected on all of my past relationships, I realized that that like that's what ended up happening. I became very difficult to love. I was argumentative. I was stubborn. I was you know starting a lot of fights, and um, and so I perceived myself as a woman who was difficult to love. And then when someone would leave, it was like, well, clearly I'm easy to leave because men have no problem just walking away. And mm-hmm. so I you know I, I kept perpetuating that unconsciously in all my past relationships. But when this when this belief when I saw it, when I realized what it was, I was like, okay, well, now that I have the awareness of this belief, now it's up to me to change this belief, but I didn't know how to do that. You know? So I hired a coach in 2016 and that's when he was just like, you know, you're really codependent. You're depending on your partner for, for happiness, you know, for your own happiness. And I just thought that that's how relationships were, you know, it was like codependent relationships were just something that had always been modeled, if not in my family, then definitely in society, you know, like, I feel like we're just kind of conditioned to feel like we need other people specifically in romantic relationships. I think definitely as women, we need a man in order to feel happy or complete. And so I just kind of kept, um, you know, perpetuating that in my own life. And then he, my partner, um, got an internship overseas. So he was overseas for two months, which just triggered, it was like everything that I had already been unpacking just got triggered by like a thousand, you know, because then he wasn't physically there either. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so, so through all of that, it was just this, this downward spiral. I started to become aware of, of my ego. You know, I, I dove into my own spiritual journey. I started to dive into uh, Gabby Bernstein and Marianne Williamson and of course in miracles and kind of went down that path. And I went into a Facebook group at one point And I remember posting, I asked the question, how do I get rid of my ego? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, my ego is the problem. (laughs) My ego is like the thing that is sabotaging my entire life. So let me just get rid of my ego. And then all you know, we don't want, we don't want to get rid of it. We need it, but right. Right. But at that, you know, my level of awareness in 2016 was just like, how the hell do I get rid of this bitch? She's, she's like Mm -hmm. destroying my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, there was a woman who commented on that post and said, well, you can't, you know, your ego is part of you. And I was like, shit, it was like the worst thing anyone could have ever told me, you know, I was like, I crap, know. like now, but I it was the best thing, it. right? It was, oh my it God, it was. Thing. Yeah. Right. And so I, I then started to have this level of awareness that our ego is our inner child. And once I started to have that level of awareness, everything changed in my life because I had love and compassion. You know, it was like I was sitting down every single day and I was journaling. I was journaling, writing letters to my younger self. And I, then mm-hmm. I started to listen to her pain and her stories and her beliefs about herself. And, you know, the more that I did that, the more I cried. Of course, I was like crying all the time, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it was a really tender moment. And that relationship ended at the end of 2016 because it just wasn't strong enough to endure all of the, all of the 
pain and trauma that I was unpacking and healing. And all the um, growth, all the growth, all the growth. That you were doing. I, I, it was, it was massive, you know, it was mm-hmm. really, I officially entered into my dark night of the soul at that point, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so he, he left, we were, we were living together together at the time and he left and I was left, you know, to heal. And, um, that was December, 2016. He moved out in January, 2017. And in February, 2017, I got the intuitive hit that was sell all your shit and hit the road. And it seemed completely illogical because, you know, like I didn't have a car. I have two cats. I didn't think my business was stable enough. Um, you know, at that point to really sustain me, but I just, I, I, on some level, I knew that I needed to do it for whatever reason, you know? And, um, and and what age was this? I was 34 turning 35. Oh, okay. And no, no children, no No children. children. No. Okay. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was that realization where I was like, I don't have to re-sign my lease. I I'm not in a relationship anymore. I don't have children. I, I own a business. I can literally work from anywhere. So if, if any time is the right time now is the right time. If I don't do it now, I don't know that I'll do it in the future. And so mm-hmm. I took that leap of faith and I decided to do it. And, um, so in July, 2017, I left Chicago and rented a car from Chicago to Mississippi to visit a friend. Cause I didn't have a car. Um, my intention was to be in Mississippi for three weeks hit financial rock bottom and stayed for eight months. And, um, and then in April of 2018, I left Mississippi and then started traveling full-time solely based on my intuition. So it was ultimately, I had an Atlas, a pendulum, the Airbnb websites, and I let my feelings guide the way. Wow. That's so exciting. Yeah. That's actually really exciting. I mean, I, I would never, I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> you sound like my son. And it's funny because people who know me know sort of my life. Like I have five kids and one of my kids, he's actually here. Uh, he travels in his conversion van. It's old. <laughs> it's beaten down. He's got dreads. He, he busks, 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 mm-hmm, plays mm-hmm. his guitar in the street in um, uh, San Diego and uh, he now has a girlfriend who's here and she's a tarot card reader and she works from her laptop wherever they land you know now they're just in the van with their pit bull dog and <laughs> just trap just traveling and and he did graduate from university of vermont and she's got her master's in social work and he graduated with a bachelor's in psychology but he just has no interest and in, there's there's part of me who's like Oh my God, what's, what is he going to do? But then there's a part of me who's very envious and who's Mm -hmm. living vicariously through him because I got married at 21, Yep. you know, and I love my husband, but I have talked about this before. I knew I wasn't marrying for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. I knew that at 21, you'll know about this with the story when I tell you, but, and I had my kids within eight, eight years, you know, all five of them. So there That's was no way. So when I, yeah. yes. So when I hear stories like this, it's like, good for you. That is awesome. Exciting. Well, and it's, it's, it's interesting to hear your story because that's ultimately the path that I was on, you know, it was like, and I think that that's, that's a path that a lot of people take and they're very happy. Right. I mean, like it, there's nothing wrong with that path. There's nothing wrong. I don't think with anyone's path, we all take the path that feels aligned in whatever moment. 
But I remember at the end of my last relationship, I sat on my couch and I kind of looked around. And I was like, how the hell did I get here? How did I, mm-hmm. like, how did I, how did I get into an abusive marriage and then divorce less than two years later and then in another relationship and out less than a year? And I just, I felt like I, my life was just like crumbling. You know, it was like, I lost my career. Like, it was just like nothing that I was attempting was working out. And I realized that I was ultimately building my life on someone else's vision. You know, it was mm-hmm. like our society teaches us that as long as you go to, to go to college, get a job, get married, have babies, then like, you know, you'll, you have, <clears throat> excuse me, you have everything you need. And I realized I was like, well, that's not true. I went to school. Oh, I got a master's so degree. That's you know, so it was true. just like, I lost my yes. job, not by anything that I did, but because of school closures. And so I was just like, I want I actually want freedom and want to travel. And none of my partners had the same vision that I had. And that's a big reason why I, that's a huge reason why I sabotaged because my soul knew that I was in these relationships that ultimately were leading me down a path that I didn't ultimately want. And so subconsciously, right. I'm I'm sabotaging these relationships to get out so that I have the freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. You're so right though with the it's that's what society wants us to do is you know I went to school to be a registered nurse although you know I had other things that I did you know I was uh in dental assisting school beauty school uh I've had been a personal trainer for I don't even know 40 years I don't even know but nutritional counseling uh I'm a Reiki master and a yoga teacher but like uh, I went to school for regi- being a registered nurse. I wanted to, I felt like I needed to do more. I didn't yeah. feel adequate enough being a mom of five. Right. And, <laughs> and doing everything else that I did, I, I still felt inadequate. So I went to school. I graduated. I was so proud. I graduated in 2011. I had kids. It was crazy because I have a severe hearing disability too. And so it was really hard. But I feel the same way. I don't want to be working doing in a, in a hospital in a, it's just not me. So I went down just the holistic health path where this is what I want. This is what my soul wants me to do. And it's scary. It's very scary. It is. So, you know, to follow what you really want to do and not listen to your ego, right? Yep. Yep. Right. Your small little self. Yep. Um, or other people who are just not like you anymore. And I don't know <laughs> if you feel that way, but I walk around going, who are these people? Yep. <laughs> They're not like me. <laughs> you know, there's a very small little, you know, percentage of people who can understand me, you yep. know, yep. you feel that, that way. Like- Absolutely. Do you feel like you, yeah, walk around and be like, oh my God, I feel so bad for these people out there. Well, it's funny. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that because, you know, I have a lot of people in my life who don't understand because I'm very much outside of the box. I'm outside the box. I'm against the grain. I don't like labels. I don't, I don't like, you know, it's just like, I just want to kind of flow. And, um, and I don't really, I, I understand the importance of like certain laws, but like, I don't follow rules, you know, I'm just like, whatever, whatever I'm kind of feeling in the moment. And, 
Um, and I've never been able to, I, I was never able to live that life until I became a nomad. And it was terrifying. Like I had, I was constantly rubbing up against these old beliefs that I was going to die, you know, it was just like mm-hmm. in th- that ego self. Right. And so I had, yeah, I had a lot of people who were just like, I don't understand why you need to be a nomad. I'm like, I don't really know either. I mean, now I see kind of how the, how, how all the pieces added up. But I'm just like, I don't know. All I know is that my soul is telling me to do this. I'm going to listen because the other way wasn't working and we'll see what happens, you know? And and I respect, like, I respect that that's not the path that you choose for yourself. That's fine. No one else needs to choose this path, but it's my path. And it's, you know, it's funny when you talk about, when you talked about like feeling like you needed more, right? Like you had five kids and you felt like you, like you needed still to have more. Yeah. I still felt like I wasn't enough. I wasn't good enough. And, you know, it's yep. funny because I actually, I had this realization recently. So like I've been a coach for the last six and a half years in some capacity, right? Like I've always been mentoring people and I would get to the end of my day feeling like I needed to do more. It didn't matter how much I had done throughout the day. I was just like, I feel like I haven't impacted enough lives. I haven't done enough. So I would end my day, like always searching for more, either searching for more clients or searching for more money or, you know, more. Until I, until I wrote and published my first book and I continue to write, like when, anytime I write, I get to the end of the day and I feel complete. Or when I started my new podcast, um, you know, the uncensored podcast, it was like, once that started rolling and I started interviewing either, either having people on and interviewing people or being on other people's podcasts, I get to the end of the day. And for the first time in like six years, I'm like, Oh my God, I feel complete. I'm not searching for more. And I'm like, I found my purpose. You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> and that sounds so good because I love doing this mm-hmm. and I wish I knew how to monetize, I guess, and try to figure out how to do that, but it's okay. You know, because I love talking. I'm not yep. the best writer, but, um, I love learning about people and doing I this too. and sitting and talking. I, I want to bring back the whole box thing yeah. because I'm going to be talking to somebody tomorrow. He has a podcast also and he had talked to somebody on his podcast and he said, are you in the box or outside the box? And the woman said, there is no box. Yep. I love that answer. You know, <laughs> and I was like, uh, you're right. There's no box. <laughs> it's true. We've only been told right? there's a box. You know, know, we've only been told there's a box and and a big piece of what I love doing is inspiring people to really embody their innate power. We have not been taught for very intentional reasons. We have not been taught how powerful we actually are. And, you know, cause when we're not taught about our power, then we are dependent on things outside of us. And, um, once I started to learn how powerful my mind was, how powerful my feelings were, how powerful it all is, I was just like, Oh my God, other other people. And I'm obviously not, you know, they're this, this is well known. I'm not like, you know, but I like to be in addition to the other teachers that are teaching these things, because I feel like there are so many people who feel like they don't have a choice. You know, it's like, no, you always have a choice. Like you always have a choice to choose something else. It doesn't matter what your life looks like or how old you are or what has or hasn't that happened. Is you true. always have a choice. That is true. And, but I have to tell you, <laughs> it's hard. Ho- it's hard. It's yeah. so hard. And I, I'm married 34 years, but it's not been an easy road. And I love my husband, but wow, 
we've been through so much and there were times where it's like, I wish I could have left or it's not easy, not easy at all. So I don't, I, I, you do always have a choice. And what I did was I was not, I was a grumpy person. I was an angry person. I was a blamer. You know, it's his fault. It's Mm -hmm. his fault. And I've talked about this before um, with other people on my podcast, other podcasts. Um, There was a point where it was like, my mom used to say this and I'll, she's 90, almost 93. And she would say it now. (laughs) Either shit or get off the pot. Yep. I'm sorry, you guys, but you know, I'm just going to tell you. And I think I've said this before, but I love that analogy. And I say it all the time because you don't realize how much you're complaining and you're complaining and you're complaining. Well, you either you're going to have to change the the person that you're upset with. They're not going to change. You are not going to change that other person. So you could sit there and bitch and moan and have the scowl lines in your face and be an angry, miserable person, but you either, you're going to shit or get off the butt. So you either deal with it or you don't. Yep. It's, it's hard. It was a hard uh, transition for me, but I don't know what happened. I just looked in the mirror and I was so sick and tired of being that angry person. And I, then I realized, you know what, you, you are not going to change him. So it's so true though. Literally, I wrote down the good things, the bad things. Well, the good things, he is a good person. So that's huge. He's a kind person. He's a good person. You know, so the things that weighed and it was like, all right, I'm going to need to change. You know, and I made that choice. I'm not saying that it's for everybody, but I changed. I tweaked a little bit. I accepted the things that I knew weren't going to change. You know what I'm saying? I'm just yep. saying it's not easy. It's, it's, it's not an easy thing, but you do definitely always have a choice. It always comes down to that. Absolutely. And you know, the things that you bring up are so important because I've looked at like in my, in my past relationship, right? So for instance, I finally started to look at the things that I was trying to change in him. I was actually avoiding in myself. So I had been dating a lot of alcoholics and I was married to an alcoholic. My last relationship, he didn't think he was an alcoholic, but he was an alcoholic. And the reason I dated alcoholics was because it made my behavior look normal and I didn't want to change my own drinking, you know? So it was like, let me date someone or marry someone who has more of a problem. That way I don't ever have to face my own shit. I can project my own shit onto them. And Mm -hmm. I started to really look at that and I was like, wow, no, all of the And it wasn't just that it was like just even some of the little things I was constantly nagging him because it was something that annoyed me about myself, but I didn't want to change it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then now that I'm in the, in the world of dating again, because I've been single for a while, um, it's really fascinating to really, to be very conscious and to be very intentional and look at if something is bothering me about another person in like the first couple weeks of getting to know them. I have to, I have to, A, look at, is this, again, is this something within me that is being mirrored back to me? Or the other thing is, you know, if we continue down this path, is this something that I can wholeheartedly love and accept knowing that this person may never change this thing? Because if it's annoying two weeks in, it's really going to be annoying 50 years in or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm saying this about significant others too like 
why would you want to be with somebody if you had to be somebody you're not? Like, yeah. why would you even start that way? Because yeah. I, I wouldn't know how to date because I've been with my husband <laughs> since something. I, I don't envy anybody who has to date now. It's in, but, it makes it for good stories. <laughs> it's, it's hard. But like, I, I tell you, I'll be straight up. You know, they're the filters and especially on TikTok, you know, whatever. But I'm married, you know, it's like, but if I was looking for somebody, I would have to be very vulnerable and show my real self because I wouldn't want to start. I'm not saying you have your first date and you say, well, I have a hearing disability and I look like shit in the morning and, you know, I'm crazy and I'm a weirdo and, you know, but I wouldn't, you have to have somebody who's, it's so much more relaxing and so much more freer if they know you're real you. Yep. Right. Exactly. Come exactly. Because in 2017, so before, so in February, I got the intuitive hit, but in January of 2017, I set the intention to be the most authentic version of myself. And I thought it was going to be like, oh, I just wake up and choose to be myself every single day. But if you don't know who the hell you are, you have to go through this journey of like peeling off all these layers and figuring out, you know, so there was a lot of contrast, but now I, I have taken off that fake mask so many times that like, I don't even remember what it feels like to wear that mask. And so I was very intentional about, I wanted people like the Anne you get on social media is the same Anne you get on the phone for a call is the same Anne you get on video is the same Anne you get if we're sitting on the couch, hanging out, like my clients get the same Anne as my friends and family, you know, people who I show up on podcast like you get the same and because I don't know any other way to be and it's kind of like if people don't like it they don't like it and I really do trust especially in the professional world I'm like people are going to offer me the opportunities because they resonate with me not because they resonate with this fake person that I've somehow put out into the world and if they don't like it they don't like it and that's cool I move on you know but it's so much so much easier so much easier. So much easier. Amen, Anne. You don't know TikTok, but you go live. You know, you get a certain <laughs> amount of people, you go live. So I go live. My hair is always up. Okay. <laughs> I do. It looks decent down. I'm the curly and the gray. Because I'm always sweating. I'm working out. I'm doing yoga. I'm, you know, I'm on, out of my face, right? So I'm on a live and this guy comes on every pretty often, you know, he'll come in. He's a nice man. He'll say, he said, Oh, I know things are busy for you because your hair is up. I said, <laughs> Nope, no, Chris. No, this is me. My hair, my hair is always up. I said, love me for me because this is, and you know, and all I've grown, I went mentioned TikTok. Actually, you should really explore it. I've been telling everybody who's been on this podcast because they're not familiar with it. And it right. is, it's not baby people, it's baby, it's um, baby boomers, so they're taking over. But anyway, um, you know, I have become so free on TikTok. I never, I used to wear my hair to cover my face. I have a distortion from a car accident. You'll learn about that on your podcast when I come on. But I was always very, very self-conscious, like I would hide behind my hair so I have it up now it's off my face and you love me for me or no and it's so freeing it is I'm not 100% there I'm not because there's still a filter on zoom I think 
I, th- I don't think this is the real me even. <laughs> Not as bad as TikTok. TikTok has a nice filter where you're like, there's no lines on me or anything. It's like amazing. But you know, it's not me. It's definitely not well, me. But what you're seeing here is my personality. Yep. 100%. Yep. You have and my friend. You're cutting out a bit, and I don't know if it's you or me. (laughs) He's nuts. Come back in. Come back. So everybody who's on um, my plat, yeah, you froze for a second. Anybody who's on the podcast platform, we we froze for a second, but you're back. You're back. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, No, what you said though, it's it's so funny because I do use the filters on Instagram. But in my Instagram stories, I'll do morning videos. And like, so people who can't see me, my, my head is shaved partially on the side, but I'm also like kind of growing this back out a little bit. And so in the morning, okay. it's just like straight up peacock hair, but, and I don't care, you know, it's just like, I show up, like I might have a filter on, but like, I've got peacock hair sticking straight up. And I'm like, you know what, maybe this is just going to be part of my brand. Cause I kind of like it now. <laughs> and, and you know, people can relate better. It makes them feel better. That, yeah. that we're not like perfect people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, Absolutely. come on. So I've been talking a lot about me. I feel like really bad, but. No, you're um, fine. This is, <laughs> we have a lot in common. I mean, we're, we're weaving in and out here and that's good. Um, so do you want to talk about your journey? Do you want to talk about yeah. when you say like you teach others how to embody their power? Like, what do you label yourself? Like a health coach? What? Tell me. I just label myself as a mentor, like a practical spirituality mentor. I kind (laughs) of, I bridge the gap between the spiritual world and the physical world because the the spiritual, so the spiritual world is very abstract, right? Because we can't see it and it's, and it, but it informs our physical world. So I start everyone with like a holistic self-care routine. So body, mind, and soul, right? Like any client I work with, I have them have some sort of workout routine. I don't really care what it is, but I'm like, you just have to be moving your body every single day to move the energy and and be in your body. Like you can't live this physical experience if you're not in your body. And then the mind piece is through meditation. So again, it's like, I don't really care what kind of meditation, as long as you're spending time in meditation every single day, again, like really connecting and also you know, listening to podcasts or reading books, something that's feeding your mind, some, you know, positive things, not getting sucked into whatever the hell is on TV. Right. And then the soul piece is I have my clients create a list of, you know, 10 things that don't require money or other people. And for me, that was one of the biggest ways that I started to heal my codependency was I, I started to do things that brought me joy that I felt passionate about that didn't require my partner and I didn't need any money to do them. Right. Cause a lot of times people will say, well, I can't do that thing because I don't have money. And it's like, there are so many things out there that you can do that don't require money. You can go for a walk. You can sit under a tree, you can cook, you can listen to music. You can have a dance party. You can knit, you can, you know, there's so many things and it's just about finding the thing. And what I learned over the years was it was really a way for me to connect to my inner child. You know, it was a way of kind of, um, bringing her back into my life and listening to her and, you know, real, like realizing that life's just not that serious at the end of the day. Of course there are serious things that happen, you know, but we get to, we get to kind of decide how we want to, you know, respond or react to certain things. And so I have my clients really start there. And then 
as they're cultivating their, their self-care routine, what typically happens is we, be- we become aware of our ego, right? We become of that, we become aware of that mental chatter that starts to come to the surface that we had been numbing for however many years through alcohol and social media and relationships and food and all of the things, right? Um, and so once they start to become aware of that, of that voice, then I work with them on how to create a loving relationship with their inner child and feeling the feelings and listening to the stories and honoring what's coming up and, you know, choosing what you want to believe instead. And, um, and it's really like over my own journey, what I've personally realized is it was a way of, of like balancing and harmonizing the masculine and feminine energy within me. And so Mm -hmm. I started to learn. So like the masculine energy is the energy that holds space, that holds space for the, for the feminine emotions, right? Your feminine is also your intuition. And so by learning what it felt like for me to hold space for myself during times of intense emotions that were kind of spiraling out of control, I learned what healthy masculine feels like. So now when I'm in the dating world, I, I know immediately whether a man is, has integrated his masculine in a healthy way or not. Cause I know what it feels like, you know, so it's just like, there's been so many things that have happened over the years. I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. 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 You being so in touch yeah. with yourself. That's what I was talking about before. It's just when you become this conscious person, like I'm so conscious, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. It took a lot of work, you know, it's a yep. lot of work. Yep. Um, once you become conscious, you become conscious of everybody else around you and what they're doing, like just what they look like. They always look, people look to me, a lot of people look stressed all the time. Uh, they're in fight or flight all the time, you know? So I am a huge activist, activist for restorative yoga yeah. because I was that person, the fight or flight person all the time. I still have my energy, obviously, but I know how to bring it down now. And that's such yep. a beautiful tool because, and I preach it because what you were talking about peeling away, that's exactly how I would describe it when they're in the pose. Yep. Uh, think about peeling away another layer of that onion. Uh, be introspective, feel the sensations in your body and your breath. Yep. I don't play music. I don't talk that much because I want them to be introspective, not listening to music, not listening to my voice, yep. you know, being in that, awesome environment where all they're they're just they're just it's just them and their their thoughts their body their breath yep. you know and it's so powerful it's it is and it's a beautiful tool but people just don't get it I have to say a lot of people because we are a nation of uh, human doings not human beings and yep. they feel guilty being there and laying in a pose for 10 minutes and oh my god because I was one of those people Yep, me too. <laughs> uh, oh my God, I should be cooking. I should be doing this. I should be blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, I'm, I don't want this money from this course. They can have it back when I became certified in restorative yoga because I just didn't get it. But it absolutely changed my life. Yeah. Because it's the yin and yang. And we, we are pretty much dominant in the yang energy, that hot, fiery energy. So I'm all about bringing it down. It's so so important. And, you know, yeah, talking about the work that you do and ultimately teaching people how to be in their body, you know, and 
we have not been taught how to be in our body. And I think specifically for those of us who have been in any form of an abusive experience, it doesn't matter what the abuse is, but if we've, if we have experienced any form of abuse, we have learned that it's not safe to be in our body. And so what we do is we escape to our head, we escape to our mind, and then we spend our time there. And you can't consciously create what you want in your life unless you're in your body. Cause that's where the feelings are. And we, we create through feeling. And so it's a huge piece of what I do with my clients. And also, I mean, the feeling piece, right? Like that's how we learn whether, whether something is in alignment or not, you know, it's how we pay attention to red flags. It's how we pay attention to, you know, is this a fuck yes in my body or not? And, um, that's important. You know, when I, when I work with clients on their purpose, you know, it's like, you don't, you ultimately don't find your purpose. It's so, it's so cliche, right? Like your purpose finds you, but you try all these different things and it's like you, you pay attention to the intuitive hit, which typically I learned has guided me to something that taught me a lesson. A lot of times the intuitive hits didn't pay off right away. It wasn't like I did this thing and then everything miraculously worked out. It was like I did right. this thing and I learned a really important lesson. And then I was guided to another thing and I learned a really important lesson and then another thing and another thing and another thing. But all of those steps were stepping stones that got me to the point where I'm like, oh my God, this, this is what I want to do. And so it's not a matter of like when someone works with me within, you know, within six weeks, I will help you find your purpose. Like, it's not like right. that. It's I, I teach my clients the tools so that they have the power, you know, they're empowered within their own lives so that when we're done working together, they know they have that confidence of, okay, I know how to use my intuition. I know what it's telling me and I know how to follow it. And I just keep going down that path, you know? Mm, I love that. And it's so true. The thing with intuition is it's never wrong, right? It really isn't, but it's the big self or that, that small self, I want to say yeah. that, that little ego voice that overrules it so fast that we don't give it a chance to make a difference in our lives. I'm sorry. I'm not, not saying it completely the way I want to say it, but that first thought is never wrong. And I would bring it back to my, uh, because I learned these tools pretty early uh, and they did save my life. Honestly, the restorative yoga, being conscious, uh, listening to intuition. It's hard to listen to intuition. I have a really hard time when people say do intuitive eating if you do intuitive eating, you might eat everything in the house mm-hmm. because you intuitively want to eat everything because right. you're not trained enough to go. I'm not really hungry. My body's telling me that it's full. People just are not there. And right. you're so true with the abuse. I mean, I was abused. So I was so disconnected from my body Yep, and my head was driving me nuts. I was suicidal many times, rocking in a ball many times because I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't. So what I want to say is, yes, your intuition is definitely always right. It's just, it's overpowered really quickly by that voice in your head. It is. No, 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 that's wrong. You should be going that way. You know, people and people think because that voice is louder, it's the right one. Right. Yeah. And it's, it is the louder, 
it is the louder one until you train yourself to listen to your intuition and then your intuition becomes the louder one. But it's, it's a, it's a journey. I mean, it's one more journey that I've been on, journey, right? For sure. <laughs> it took me years. And I'm going to say I wasn't completely really healthy until I started telling my story when I maybe at 50 years old. So I'm almost 56, but I want to say that whole intuition thing, once you learn it and you're more conscious and you, and you involve all the aspects of those pillars for mental health, for uh, health and wellness, being um, the support and the community and food and walking in nature and moving your body and doing some kind of meditation. There's a lot of different things that have to come into place to be healthy. It's a lot, it's, yeah. you know, and it's work, but I remember taking my RN license, um, NCLEX, it's called, and they give you like six hours to take the test, six or seven hours, hard as hard as anything. And they put you in front of a computer and the computer will either turn off, like if you get so many wrong that there's no way you're going to pass or like <laughs> you finished and you, you pass by a certain amount. So I go into this thing and I'm like, always go with my first thing, first, yep. first thing that comes in my head I finished in 25 minutes I want to say <laughs> I come out my husband's waiting for me and he's like oh, I'm so sorry oh my god hon what happened I'm like I don't know machine turned off well, well I passed but yeah. my point is it's like I trained myself to listen to that intuition and I'm not saying it's easy you guys it's not so this is why you it's need somebody like you yeah. Well, it, takes, it takes practice, right? Like I had a friend say to me that the other day we were talking about just this, this process of learning how to speak your truth. And I feel like we're in a, you know, we're in a, a moment right now where there's so much censorship. A lot of people are afraid to speak what is true for them. And I've been practicing this for a while. And there's, there are moments where I, I say things that I believe through my own personal experience of the journey that I've been on the, you know, I've, I've experienced spiritual things that you know, go against the, the mainstream narrative, but it it's true for me because I've experienced it firsthand and not everyone wants to hear it. And so I, I was sharing with a friend just about how it's so uncomfortable at times to, to stand up and speak what you believe to be true when other people are, are rejecting you and saying sometimes some really unkind things. And she said, yeah, it's really interesting that you're learning how to hold fear and anxiety in your body while also following your intuition. Like, you know what your intuition is telling you to do. And at the same time, you're still experiencing fear and anxiety, right? Which is the, the ego. And, mm -hmm. and I said, yeah, it's really interesting that you say it that way, because that's been my last three years of my journey. There were moments where I knew my intuition was guiding me to a place. So I followed it. But there was a lot of fear around either not having been to that place before or not knowing. A lot of times it was financial. Like I would go to a place and then I didn't know where it was going to be, let's say two nights after that. But I was like, well, I know where I'm going to be for the next two nights. So let me just focus on that. It took so much spiritual strength to just trust, right? To be like, okay, I'm living in the present moment. In the present moment, I have a roof over my head. I have food. My cats are taken care of. I know where I am for two nights example. Right. And then it's like, I won't, I'm not even going to worry about it. And there were moments where it was like, I would check out of my Airbnb that morning and I didn't know where I was going to be that night. 
And I would like sit in my car. I had a couple moments where I didn't have money for an Airbnb that night. And so I would drive out and I would, uh, there was one moment in particular, I was in Colorado and I sat in the, in the car, you know, at, at some national park or whatever. And um, I was sitting there, my cats were in the back seat. I was eating my lunch. And I think I had like $9 in my bank account. And I just thought, okay, well, I have gas in my car. Um, I have $9. So I have, if I need to get more food, I have money for food. Um, I don't know where I'm going to sleep, but worst case scenario, I can sleep in my car. It's definitely not ideal, but I can do it, you know? And, and my ego was saying, this person owes you money and this person owes you money and reach out to this person. And I was like, nope, that's coming from a place of fear. So I'm not going to do it. But to a lot of people, that sounds like intuition, right? Oh, I got the intuitive hit to do that thing. No, that a lot of times it's fear. And so I felt the fear in my body and I just sat with it. And I was like, nope, that's like, I'm not going to reach out to someone trying to get something in order to try to solve this problem. I trust that the problem already has a solution and it's going to work out. And so I sat there just still just like sitting with my fear and like, I can't even make this up. The one, like one person that I was going to reach out to who owed me money, sent me money in that moment without me ever asking for it. And you're like, what, are, what did you have? Venmo, PayPal, I don't know, PayPal. Yeah, it was PayPal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. I yeah. believe that for sure. My son has told me he's, he's writing something. I don't want to say it's a book because he gets mad. He's like, don't be saying it's a book. <laughs> he's such a great writer, but he was talking about his, you know, surviving. He went from one part of California to the other on a penny board, uh, like 400 and something miles. Oh my God. With a backpack. <laughs> and uh, he's a vegan. And he, you know, had all these events, didn't know where he was sleeping, was uh, faced with mountain lions. Like, I mean, I was like, my mouth is open reading this stuff. But he trusted. He yep. trusted. He was like, and mom, I'm telling you, I didn't have any money for food, but I went and played my guitar. And people came over to me and said, hey, man. Here's, here's money to put gas in your van. Cause the van is this big conversion van. The pe- people, the beautiful people would come and he'd always survive. He'd yep. always get, because he trusts and he's very young. He's 26. So he's got it going on already and he's trusting in the universe. It's hard. I, I mean, it it's is. hard. And I, I'm telling you, I do trust every time I meditate, I go, thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you, my angels for this gift that I can sit and quiet for a half hour every day. I am so thankful for that because when, if you knew me from when I was young and my head could not survive. I mean, I was in the hospital. I was in mental health hospital. Right. You know, right. I admit that. Um, so for me to be able to do that now, I'm so thankful. Um, but it is, it's work. It so takes a lot need of pr- somebody like you, people need somebody <laughs> like you and me. Cause I, do, yeah. I do coaching. I do holistic health. Um, we are very needed in this Absolutely. world Absolutely, because we need more, we need more people that trust, you know, it's, it's really easy to have faith when things are working out, you know, but to cultivate unconditional faith and unconditional trust typically takes going through some situations that are really uncomfortable because how else are you going to learn? Like you can only learn unconditional faith when you're faced with situations that are seemingly impossible. And I've had to say 
to family members specifically multiple times. I don't know how it's going to work out. I just know it is. And it, cause, and I needed to tell other people that cause I was trying to convince myself, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, I have enough of my doubts and fears and worries. I don't need yours piled on top of me as well. And the right. other thing that I had, which was really helpful was I have really good friends who also believe in the way that I do. And so I'd reach out to them and just say, can you please hold this vision? Cause I'm having a really hard time holding it for myself, you know, and just mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. knowing for me that it was going to work out and it was possible. It was like relying on someone else's confidence and belief in me until I could come back around and gain that confidence and, and belief in myself again. And now it's happened enough times that I really do trust, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was rough in some moments for sure. I had moments where I was like, on the floor, screaming at God, you know, sobbing, just like, what the hell? Like you guided me to do this. So why the hell do I have no money? You know, like, Mm -hmm, come on. mm -hmm, But it was, mm -hmm. there was always a lesson in it. And you're so right. You're so right. We definitely have to go through adversities to appreciate the good for sure. I wouldn't take back my past. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't because I know I am this ball of love for Mm -hmm. people. I just, I want to cry because I'm just, that's what my purpose is. My Dharma, just to share love. It's the highest energy. And absolutely. I just want people to know that. Um, Is there anything else you want to share about your story? You know, as far as a podcast goes, I try not to go longer than an hour just because I get unfortunately <laughs> I've said this before people, uh, people's attention span. It's just, I know not it's there a lot. anymore. It's, it's a lot. A lot. <laughs> um, but I, you know, if there's any, we can definitely go beyond that. If there's anything else you want to share about your journey um, you want to, I always ask at the end, just to share a few words of wisdom, anything beautiful parting words for the audience and listeners from you. Um, you want to do that? Yeah, no, I think as far as, as far as words of wisdom, I would just remind you guys that no one else can, no one else can see your vision. No one else can know what you know, and no one else can feel what you feel. And when you get that intuitive hit, once you have that feeling of what if, you know, and and like something starts to kind of bubble within you, trust it, trust it. And I would say, don't tell people who are, who, you know, are going to doubt you because they're only going to create more doubt. So trust it, move forward with it, get support if you need support on that journey. And, um, and as far as anything else in my, in my journey, like my book, Radical Rebirth is available on Amazon. It's the first book of a three book series. It's, it shows you as I entered into my dark night of the soul, what it looked like as I was healing through my codependency, what it looked like as I was leaving Chicago, it takes you basically from the end of my marriage to when I was leaving Mississippi. So that's the first book. And then I'm in the process of writing the next two books in the series. So get the well, first congratulations book. Congratulations to yeah. that. Thank you. That's wonderful. You. De- I will definitely have all your information in the show notes. So, you know, for anybody to get in touch with you. Perfect. And to get your book also. So just hang out for a second. Thank you for those words of wisdom. Beautiful. Um, So my information, everybody knows in the show notes below, I leave my Google number there just in case anybody wants to be on the show or give me any feedback. Um, uh, 609-429-4058. Also, I'm going to say this at the end of every show. People don't know unless I ask. 
please subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you go on every major platform, please subscribe and comment and share. It really helps me out. And I don't ask for that. Do you ask? I have, it in, your... I have it in my intro and my outro. So like my intro to Uncensored, I have ways to support and you know, to subscribe and all of that. And then at the end, I have about how to follow me on Instagram. That way I don't have to remember every single time, you know? Yeah, I know. I just don't know how to edit. Everybody knows that. I'm just doing this from my heart. And I read it every single time. But hey, you know what? It is what You're it good. is. You're good. You're good. And um, also, I used to talk about the Roar Bar. And the Roar Bar, they do not sponsor me, everybody. You know that. But it is the only packaged good I eat. It is vegan, but it fits every diet. It is protein-packed. Um, organic, pretty much all organic ingredients, except I believe the almond butter, unless they got that patent for organic, um, they're trying to do that. They give 10% of their net proceeds to feed the hungry children worldwide, um, put together by coconut oil. So good for your brain, everybody, uh, sweetened by coconut nectar and black strap molasses, a uh, little bit of Himalaya salt, no artificial sweeteners, um, 18 to 22 grams of protein at bar. Please use the affiliate link below. That's the way you can help me because I get a little bit from that. So it'll benefit me and it'll benefit them. And also if you do order them, you end up getting a 10% coupon. If you write a review, use that 10% coupon and use the affiliate code again, because that's what happens. Sometimes you, you use it once and then you don't use it again, but Please, please, please do that. Anyway, on that note, thank you, Anne, for being thank with you. me. I truly appreciate it. I can't wait to be on your podcast. I know. It's going to be a blast. I look forward it to will. it. Thank you. Everybody have a wonderful and blessed day.